My name is JJ and I work at our Saviour's Church here in Louisiana. It's a privilege to be ministering the Word of God to you today. And um, if you know anything about me, you'll know that I love the ocean, I love the beach, and I love surfing. And um, it's been a, a dry year for me. I haven't had a chance to go surfing much, but um, you know, for my wife, she just likes lying on the beach and tanning. But I like to be active when I'm there. I like to either pick up a racket and, you know, hit a ball or throw a ball. And, you know, back where I come from, we play rugby. And so touch rugby on the beach is a big thing. And if I can't be on the sand, I like swimming and I like being in the water and I like going surfing. And so, yo, it's been a year and a half since my last session. And so <laughs> I need to get out a little. But another thing I like doing is I like fishing and there's plenty of that around over here. And so um, in my, you know, trying to figure out how and what to fish over here, I found this brand called Salt Life. And I know everybody knows it. People wear the shirts, they wear the caps, there's like merchandise and all that that you can buy. Um, but I like this company specifically for their slogan. Their slogan says, live salty live salty i like that because you know what jesus said that we're meant to be the salt of the earth and um i can i can just right now just imagine myself you know just out there on the on the ocean mile or so maybe two from shore on a little fishing kayak you know i just rode out and i'm just finding a little reef where i can anchor down so i can hunt me some some redfish or some flounder and uh, um, man, I can it just ha you can almost you can almost smell the salt in the air, can't you? I bet right here where you're sitting right now, you just you're just remembering the last time you were at the beach. And one thing that happens at the beach, though, quite often is because of all the salt and the heat and the fact that you're surrounded by water, but you can't really drink it. You sort sort of kind of get thirsty at some point. And I bet you're uh, you're getting thirsty right now. I was just talking about this, right? Yeah, it's a, there's a thirst that develops the minute you get around a lot of salt. And um, I think that's particularly uh, pertinent to today's message because um, Jesus wanted people to interact us as sons of God and become thirsty for Him. And so I want to ask you, if people are around you are becoming thirsty for Jesus, if they want to start knowing more about God, due to the fact that they're interacting with you because Jesus called us to be the salt of the earth. And um, that means that he wants us to be out there interacting in such a way so as to draw people closer to him and the water, the living water of the Holy Spirit. People start longing for that because they're interacting with us. And so um, in the beginning of this shutdown period, um, it was interesting how you know, so many voices in the body of Christ were like, well, don't worry about it. You know, the church isn't closed. It's just the building. In fact, the church has left the building. And us too, we were like, man, come on. It's time to get out there and make a difference. And this is what we're born for. This is, this is going to be our greatest hour. And, and, and we've done much of that. People have gone out. People have made a difference. But there's also been people that didn't go out fishing. They've gone out hiding. And uh, how many of you know that some of us, I've included, felt days that I just didn't feel like interacting on another online thing. And I just wanted to not want you to have to speak to people out there. And the whole situation kind of lent itself towards, you know, just hunkering down and, and almost hiding, hiding from the world and, and staying locked in, even though... We had a stay-home order. Nobody prevented us from speaking to people. 
Nobody told us you're not allowed to interact with other people. I want to speak a bit about that today because I believe God showed me two things during this shutdown period that are really pertinent for us as a body of Christ to get ready to impact our world. Well, the first was that, you know, if you're going to be waiting on a job or on a person to help you, or if you're going to wait for a solution from the outside to come to you, or if you're waiting for a check, you know, to come and save you, you're going to be disappointed. Frustration is going to mount in your life. You're going to become fearful and insecure. But God showed me that those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength in this time. They will refresh and get ready for when we're released to go back out, that we can have maximum energy and maximum effort to go out and make a difference and make disciples of the world. Those who wait on the Lord, the Bible says, will renew their strength. They will rise up on wings like eagles and they will run and not get weary. They will walk and not faint. It speaks of a, a invigorating time of of just recalibrating and refocusing and getting ready to do something ex exceedingly excellent for Jesus. Bible says those who know their God will be strong and carry out great exploits. And I'm excited for the future because I know we're about to get back into our physical services, but I'm more excited because I believe God has started working on us as the church to get us ready to carry out great exploits in our environment for Him. It's time for us to go out fishing. The second thing that God showed me during this lockdown period is that, you know, when we're ready to go out, that's when we're truly ready to come back in. God told me that He wants us to really connect our hearts to His mission for this world and not our own individual missions. I believe that it's important that we realize that our Christianity should transcend our own success and move into a place of influence, move into a place of helping other people around us. And we'll talk about which ways. But I realized that God really wants our hearts to connect to His mission. He wants the church to be activated and seeking and saving the lost just as He is. You know, the Bible described Jesus as the head of the body. And it's very clear that the head is seeking to save lost people. And it'd be kind of freaky, you know, if the head goes one way and the body starts moving a different way, right? That's exactly right. So God wants the body to come alongside Him in His mission to seek and save the lost. And more so, to transform society. Now there's this, there's this moment in this movie, you know, one of the all-time favorite movies, The Lion King. Where, you know, Zazu have been captured by the hyenas and, you know, he's in a little cage, you know, and, you know, he's singing all these sad songs about his existence currently in captivity. And, uh, um, and then, you know, the breakout party comes and, you know, they fall into the land, the pride land, and they're about to, you know, get the hyenas out of the pride land. And, and so Timon comes running towards this little cage that Zazu is captured in. And Zazu sees him and he goes, let me out! Let me out! Right? I'm being saved! I'm getting out! And the unfortunate response that comes back to him from Timon is like, Let me in! Let me in! Because Timon is running away from the danger. He's running away from the threat. He's running away from the very 
purpose that he came to do. And that was to expel the hyenas out of the pride land. And sometimes it's, it's like this little clip just explains so beautifully what, what happens to us and to the Holy Spirit. You know, sometimes the Holy Spirit, he's saying, let me out. Let me into your workspace. Let me into your classroom. Let me go into your house. Let me into your boardroom. Let me into your strat planning area so I can come and influence that and I can bring deliverance to the world. And then what we go is we say, no, 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 Lord, I want to back. I want to come to the church. I want to just get into the church. I just want to be safe. I just want to be where it's comfortable. I don't want to, I don't want to be, you know, working through all the difficulties and the challenges that are out there. I just want to come here and be safe with you. And as much as God provides us that space to be safe and to be sheltered, He also wants us to realize that He, by His Holy Spirit, is empowering us to take the change and to take the solutions and to bring the breakthroughs to the world and to take and expel the danger. You know, um, according to Ephesians 3, it is God's will that through the church, which is you and I, the manifold wisdom of God will be made known to all authorities in all heavenly places. That means that the manifold wisdom of God isn't meant to just stay within Christian circles and within church environments. It's meant to go beyond that into our worlds and influence how our worlds function. So I want to talk today about how do we do this? How do we live salty? And how do I join my life to the mission of God so that my success transitions to significance? You know, God never intended for your salvation to just stay with you. In fact, He wanted your salvation to be like a doorway for other people to also get saved. And not only for people to get saved and included in the kingdom of God, but also for the kingdom of God through your own transformation become a part of the everyday lifestyle that you lead, the everyday decisions and things that you have to do. So if I have to summarize, how do I live salty? An answer to that question in just one sentence, it'll simply be this. That God's plan for every believer is to join him on a journey of seeking and saving the lost and making this world operate like heaven is operating. God wants our ways to start reflecting the ways of heaven. He wants us to really mirror what's going on uh, uh, up there. So in Mark 1 verse 17, Jesus called his disciples. He invited them on a journey and he said this to him. He said, come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And the Apostle Paul, when he interacted with individual believers, he would pray for them and, and, and he would write to them, Look, since I learned that you have become followers of Jesus and fishers of men, this is the prayer that I'm praying over your life so that your life will remain salty. This is what he prayed. We have not ceased to pray for you in Colossians 1 verse 10, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him and bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. God wants us to bear fruit in every good work. That does not mean the same as God wants us to do good works. 
God wants us to bear fruit in every good work. And that means God wants us to make disciples. It means that God wants us to influence people and help people to connect to Jesus themselves as well. In John 15 verse 16, a powerful, powerful verse that you might ask yourself, but I don't know if that's for me. I don't know if, if, you know, if Jesus made that for me. And in this verse, he just clearly says the following. He says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. So that whatever you ask in my name, my father might give to you. Jesus is saying to each and every one of us, to each and every one of us today, I chose you to go out and make a difference and to bring my kingdom into the, into the world that you live in. You have been chosen to live salty. So what can we do to respond to that? Sometimes it's so difficult to really live out our faith in the world, right? And, and there's so many things that, that we find that we don't understand yet. And, and I want to talk about three areas. Call it three branches or just three areas that we need to keep developing in our hearts, but also in our perspective about our walk with Jesus. And there's simply that we need to develop personal victory, we need to develop people influence, and place transformation. And I want to show you a couple of things about that today that'll help you to live salty. Now that we're almost getting ready to get back in, how do we keep going out to stay on mission with Jesus Christ? First of all, developing personal victory. You know, the Bible calls us to live a holy lifestyle. The Bible calls us to living according to a moral standard that Jesus achieved. And I know only he could have achieved perfectly, but it should remain our pursuit to be ever increasingly progressing along our journey to holiness. Luke 6 verse 46, Jesus asks a very poignant question to us as believers because sometimes we forget just who is the authority in our lives. He asks, why do you call me Lord if you do not do what I say? It's like he's, he's pointing out inconsistencies or contradictions in our lives that sometimes we're unaware of. He says, everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will liken him unto a person who was building a house. But before he started building, he dug down until he hit rock. And then he laid a foundation on the rock. And from there he started to build his life on the truth. A person who hears the words of Jesus Christ, mixes it with faith and starts acting on it, is likened unto a person who lays a foundation of truth in his life that rolls out into his lifestyle. It is not merely somebody who hears the message, agrees with it in sort of a mental agreement way, but it never translates into a lifestyle change. It never translates into concrete changes in the way he does things in Monday to Saturday. The Bible says that some people heard the same message about Jesus, but they didn't mix it with faith. And because they didn't mix it with faith, they never acted on it and it ended up not having a result. It did not produce a result in their own lives. God really needs us to take his words to heart, 
then to mind, and then to action. In Psalm 119, verse 129 and 133, it says the following, Your testimonies are wonderful, therefore my soul keeps them. It's making sure that we treat the Word of God with the right respect, that we honor what comes from God's Word, not as great suggestions that we can or cannot do if we so please, but as literally the way of life, that if we were to walk in it, it will produce that for us. And then verse 133 says, Keep steady my steps according to your promise, and let no iniquity get dominion over me. Jesus prayed this prayer. He said, I pray not that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them safe within it. God has never meant for any of us to hide from what's going on in the world, to not be involved in the world, to be kind of separatist in that we need to separate ourselves so much in our practice and in our activity and in our lifestyle that we never get to interact with the world other than what is really necessary. Now God needs us to run to the world like Jesus did when he left heaven to come and seek and save the lost. Now, laying foundation is the first part of getting personal victory. But secondly, we need to work at the spiritual disciplines because if our minds are engaged in the spiritual disciplines, we are too busy to worry about other distractions and temptations. In fact, the more you focus on previous mistakes, sin and temptation, the more likely you are to fall back into it. But if you can capture your mind, the thoughts that come and exalt itself against Jesus' knowledge or his calling or his business, and you can control your thinking to be engaged in the Father's business, that means that your activity most likely is going to follow along with that. Personal victory requires us to discipline our minds to be about God's business. What's God's business? I want to read you a portion of scripture that is just such an encompassing description of what it means to really live with Christ in mind and live with his values and his love in mind. Romans 12, verse 1 and 2 starts off with the, the admonition, do not, or the encouragement, do not be conformed to this world. But then it also in verse 9 onwards describe what it looks like if we're not conforming to the world, but if we're living lifestyles that will be pleasing and that will lead to personal victory. It says, let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. I love this part. Outdo one another in honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. In other words, don't be lazy. Be fervent in spirit and serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. I'm just thinking of all the things we've been talking about over this time. Be constant in prayer and contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. 
If possible, as far as it depends on you, live peaceably with everybody. Never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it's written, Vengeance is mine, says the Lord, I will repay. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For in doing so, you'll heap burning coals on his head. Figuratively speaking, of course. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. God has called us to overcome evil with good. And if he's called us to that, if he chose us to do that, by his power, by the Holy Spirit, we are empowered and enabled to do that. Very soon we're going to go into a sermon series about the Holy Spirit and how to access the power of the Holy Spirit, how to go deeper with the Holy Spirit and how to use the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in our Christian witness and in our, in our attempts to bring change in this world. I encourage you to hook onto that, to grab a hold of that. The second branch that we need to develop or area that we need to develop of is, is just people influence. You know, God called us to one another. He called us to community and he called us to make disciples. Each and every one of us have influence. You might not have influence over a thousand, but every single one of us have influence over one or a couple of people. Our heart on mission with Jesus should be that those whom we do have influence with, that they would become thirsty for a life with Jesus, that they will want to connect with God in relationship with him. And so I want to encourage you, if you think of the word salt, to make people become thirsty for the water of the Holy Spirit's presence in their lives, it's necessary for us to kind of figure out how and where they are. And so I want to encourage you to just use the word salt to encourage you on what you can do when you're interacting with people. First, it's easy. You just start conversations. You ask questions about everything. Be interested in people. Figure out where they're at. Ask them their opinions without arguing with them, without providing counter opinion necessarily. Learn what people are about and how they think and operate. Listen. That's the L. Listen to people. When they say stuff that are bad, don't just, you know, comb over it and, you know, give them your opinion. If they shared with you, you know, that they, you know, were at a, at a, at a funeral a couple of days ago, that's a time to talk more about that. Ask more questions about that. Learn how they are. Learn how you can help. Do they have support? And then when you get the opportunity, the T is tell your story. Tell the story of how Jesus helped you. Maybe it relates to what they're going through. Maybe it doesn't. Tell them the story of God's great work in the earth. His great love that was shown to us through how Jesus reached out to us. And let people know that God loves them. And then he wants to help them. He wants to walk with them. And he wants to help them get all the answers that they need. He wants them to grow into what, who they want to become. But he also has a greater plan for their lives than even that. Not just a life of success, but a life of significance. In Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20, Jesus got his disciples together and he said to them, Look, all authority in heaven has been given to me. In other words, what I say, this goes. And this applies to everybody. Everybody listens to this because all authority belongs to me. And then he gave the church 
our finest commission. And he said this, he said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to observe everything that I have commanded you. A couple of thoughts out of this I want to ask you. What nations are around you? Are there people around you that are not from your nation that you can show the love of Christ to? And second, are you connecting with people so as to get the opportunity to be able to teach them? You know, you might share a couple of good thoughts with somebody, but you're not going to be able to share teaching with people that you've not connected with. This is a call to relationship. This is a call to care for people. This is a call to involve and include people in your life. Note in Mark 1 verse 17 when Jesus said, come follow me. I believe it wasn't just a random, hey, I was walking on the beach one day and then I saw these guys and I shouted, hey, come follow me and I'll make you features of men. And they didn't know me from Adam and all of a sudden they dropped their nets and they followed him. I don't think that. I think they knew who he was. I think he's probably interacted with them before. And I think at that point he said, it's time, guys. What we've been talking about, it's time. Come, we're starting. Come follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. There's a journey that we have to take with people to bring them into a place where they will respond. But there's that journey that sees them become thirsty. It's in that journey that they get to interact with the saltiness of your life that becomes attractive, that makes them want the water of life that you have had. And then the third place that God is calling us to bear fruit in, fruit that will last, is in place transformation. Where have you been placed? What is your placement in life? Are you in maybe the sports world? Are you in, are you in the education world? Maybe you're in the, in, the, in the family area of life. You know, maybe you are in the church and you're a significant leader in the church. But you could also be in government. You could also be in education. You could be in arts and entertainment. And you can be in, in business. It doesn't matter which place God has you right now. He wants to transform that place through you. So he needs you to think through questions like this. What would my workplace look like if Jesus were managing it? What would my household look like if Jesus ran it? He wants us to come to terms with the fact that He is Lord of our lives and therefore He expects us to start growing ethically in our business dealings. So what would my tax returns look like if Jesus helped me fill them out? You know, what would my employee salaries look like if Jesus were helping me budget? In fact, what would my budget meetings look like if He was <laughs> at the table? and making decisions with us, right? You see, it's not enough for us to just be Christians and be morally good. God wants that to transcend into transforming the way we think about what we do from Monday to Saturday and start doing that in such a way that it reflects how God's governance from heaven is working. The same ethical, moral, loving way that God leads and governs that's the way He wants us to do our 9 to 5, our Saturday to Monday. 
the other way around, Monday to Saturday. But it's not just our work. It's also our off time, our vacation time. What type of vacations would I take if I took Jesus with me? You know, there's just certain places I'm not going to (laughs) go if Jesus is accompanying me, right? Come on now. (laughs) I'm not going to go to certain places. Um, Just because of the conviction that, that is there, well, that is really reality because the Holy Spirit is with us the same way Jesus was with us. And so that level of thinking transformation needs to happen so that where we're placed, God's way of thinking can start changing the way we do things, changing the way we treat people, changing the way we view our service to our companies. You know, how, is, how, would, how would it look like if Jesus was your colleague and he was on your work team? What kind of work quality would you produce for your employer when Jesus was working on your team? You see, he wants us to start thinking like Christians when we're out there in the world. And it's not just about not sinning. The goal for us, the goal for us is not just about not sinning. And and there's a scripture verse that I want to read to you. It's in Philippians 3 verse 14. It says this, that God has called us to become like Jesus Christ. It, It uses these words, the upward call of Christ. Uh, of God in Christ, which means that there needs to be an ever-increasing growth that takes place, a change of how we decide to do things so that we do it more like Jesus was. So the goal is to become like Jesus. The goal is to think like Jesus, to have compassion like Jesus, to reach out to people like Jesus, to speak the truth like Jesus, to work as hard as Jesus, to be as faithful as Jesus, to be as... The goal is to become like Christ. It's not to stop, you know, smoking or dipping or cussing or, or, or you know, cheating. Or, that's not the goal. Those are, those are small victories on the root of gaining the full picture, which is the image of Jesus Christ that we're pursuing to become like. And that's why place transformation is part of this calling. Because if you start thinking differently about how you do your job, how you're interacting in your area of life, it'll definitely start changing the way you do things there. God has called us to live and be salt in the world because as we do that, it creates a thirst for Him. Are you ready to go out? Are you ready to go out? Are you ready to focus and develop your personal victory? To, to start venturing out and, and become a people influencer and, 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 and think through how can you start transforming your place your area of life where you're working and where you're currently involved in. That's what it's going to take for the church to really get out of the building and transform our communities and change a region for His name. You know, when things like that starts happening, you start seeing businesses that have ungodly practices close down. You start seeing um, organizations that does things that are against God's will reduce their effectiveness and you know why it starts happening because people stop supporting it people stop bringing their money to it people stop funding those things and that's when you really and truly start seeing a revival that is happening on the inside of people's hearts bring a transformation to an environment we're about to reopen our doors and let me tell you this 
God is sending us on a mission. Welcome back inside. But guess what? <laughs> We're going right, to go right back out and be the salt and the light to the world. Amen. I hope you're excited about that because that is the mission that Jesus Christ has called us toward. This all starts though with you coming to grips with your reality and realizing that you cannot do any of this if you have not come to the end of yourself. And you know what? Today you're standing in front of one of the greatest opportunities in your life and that is to say yes to the work of Jesus Christ in your heart. You cannot save yourself. You have to stop depending on your good works to bring you into heaven. It will not work. Salvation is only found in the work of Jesus Christ. And our way to access it is to submit ourselves to the fact that that is the only valid work that brings it to us and put our faith and trust fully, fully, fully on that and that alone. If you realize this and you're ready to admit that you've sinned and you're separated from God, you cannot save yourself through your good works, but you want to put your trust in Jesus Christ for salvation, to be connected with God in a relationship that can start you off on this journey of, of, of changing your world and changing the world. I want to invite you to pray pray with me today. If you pray this prayer from the bottom of your heart, the Bible says a miracle will happen on the inside of your heart and you will become a child of God. You'll get alive, become alive spiritually. The Bible calls that you'll be born again and you will become a part of the household of faith and God can start leading you, working through you and getting you into victory and getting you into significance. Pray this prayer with me if you will. Father God, I realize that I've missed it. I realize that I cannot save myself. And I'm asking you today to save me. Lord, I know that Jesus Christ lived the life that I should have lived and that he died on the cross on my behalf, paying for my sin. And Father, I want to say that to you today that I believe that. I believe that you have raised him from the dead and that you have made him the Lord through whom we can be saved if we believe. And so today I confess that I believe in Jesus Christ as my Savior and my Lord. And according to your promises, I accept, Father, that today I can call myself a child of God and today I could be included in your family to have heaven as my home and you as my Father and the Holy Spirit as my helper on earth to lead me and to guide me. I thank you for that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.